You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DNB Supply Show. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and so happy to have you back with us again this week. Well, summertime is upon us, and oh my goodness, do we not live in the greatest place for summertime outdoor recreational opportunities. And so this episode, we're going to be talking all about hiking and getting out in the outdoors. We've got three absolutely great guests coming on. So we're going to start it off with a gentleman named J.R. Collier, who is the park manager for Wallawa Lake State Park in Joseph, Oregon. He's going to talk to us all about the great opportunities there at the Oregon State Park, as well as the national forest and wilderness areas surrounding that beautiful part of Oregon. And then we're going to have on Darlene Bridges, who is the Recreation Program Manager for the Sawtooth National Forest in the Minidoka Ranger District down along the South Hills and the Utah border, south of Twin Falls and and Burley and that area of Idaho, which is just absolutely gorgeous with a ton of opportunities. And last but not least, Ed Kennedy is coming on and he is the Backcountry Recreation Manager for the Sawtooth National Recreation Area and he's got some great tips and advice and great hikes to offer us all up through the Sawtooths in and around Stanley, Ketchum, the Boulder White Clouds, all of these beautiful areas that are within an easy drive for all of us. I hope you enjoy all of these great suggestions and hope to see you out on the trail this summer, everybody. Enjoy the show. JR, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on to speak with us today. Yes, uh, thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. I'm excited to talk to you. You know, Wallawa Lake it is one of the most beautiful places. The first time I ever went there, I was blown away because it was a new discovery for me, but it is just so gorgeous up there. And uh, I'm very jealous of you getting to uh, to live and work there. Yeah, it's a it's a great location. It's kind of uh, off the beaten path for sure. You kind of have to be wanting to, to come here to get here, but once you're here, you, you won't be disappointed. It's, it's <laughs> definitely... Uh, I, granted, I may be biased, but I think it's the most beautiful part of the state. It is. It's unbelievable, and uh, it's a beautiful area. Now, I'd like to start off by just having you, if you would, just introduce yourself to us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about you and your history and how you've uh, come to work in the Joseph, Oregon area and, and be able to spend your time there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, again, my name is J.R. Collier, and so I'm the park manager up here at Willow Lake State Park. And uh, that unit that Willow Lake encompasses is the campground here at the lake and small day use park at the trailhead. But we also manage other properties here in the area. One is uh, Iwitimlaken, which is on the north end of the lake between the lake and Joseph. It's a large day use park, kind of a natural area, lots of trails, uh, day use, beautiful area to, to hike in the evenings and, and be able to uh, see birds and, and just kind of en- enjoy the natural setting. We also manage properties down in the Minam Canyon along the Wallawa River, have a few small day use waysides there, and then a campground uh, down at Minam State Park that's a primitive campground. No hookups, uh, uh, but running water to the sites, but uh, a little more of a different kind of setting option than Wallawa Lake, which is kind of what you would call a full-service campground. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of people, big RVs, uh, full hookup sites, and and lots of people, lots of activities, uh, private businesses up here at the lake, whereas Minam's more of that traditional quiet campground. If you're wanting peaceful setting along the river and a lot of peace and quiet, it, it's a real good option also. 
and so I, I worked for parks uh, going on 20 years. I actually grew up here in Joseph, uh, which is a great place to grow up, but uh, have worked for parks a long time and have done uh, stints over on the Oregon coast, uh, in the Blue Mountains, down in Southern Oregon and Klamath County, and then uh, has circled me back to, to my hometown up here in Joseph. Well, that's great. You know, I've had the pleasure of staying in Oregon State Parks campgrounds and Oregon State Parks many times, both where you're at in Northeast Oregon, over to the coast and, and everywhere in between. When that used to be my life, running out with an RV before I had a farm and, and all of that type of stuff. And, and man, Oregon State Parks does a wonderful job. Your guys' parks are just gorgeous. Well, we, we try hard. It's uh, it's uh, We own a lot of great properties and, and we do our best. The, the staff around the state are really dedicated and, and really in, in enjoy what they're doing, which isn't hard to do when you're able to work in a park every day. So uh, it, it's great to hear, and, and but we, we work hard to keep it that way. Well, so this is where you grew up. You grew up right there, and you've got to return now working for the Oregon State Parks. What uh, What's your favorite things about working in this area of Oregon? You know, if you're an, an outdoor enthusiast, the Joseph area, Willow County, is is the place to live. I've kind of said it for years. Uh, in, in all the places I've been around the state and lived around the state and worked, if you're an outdoor enthusiast, there is just nothing better than, than this corner of the state. From Joseph, you can reach several wilderness areas. You can get into Hell's Canyon. You can raft on the Snake River. You can hike the Willowas. You, you can fish, hunt camp, bird watch, uh, do photography. There's so many outdoor opportunities up here that it's just, and the access is so close. That it's just unbelievable that you can be staying in a campground or even in a motel in Joseph and inside of 10 minutes be locking your car at a wilderness trailhead and to go on a backpacking trip. And it's just uh, very hard to find other places that have, have that much access to uh, public lands. And so you have the Oregon State Park right there, but then you're bordered by national forest and tons of public lands all around you. Correct. Yeah, the Eagle Cap Wilderness, our, our property abuts that, uh, and we're kind of surrounded on several sides uh, by that. And so once you leave this little corner, the this end of the lake where the state park is, and then all the private businesses, there's you know lodges and some shops, restaurants, go-kart track. There's all kinds of activities yeah. uh, up on this end. The, the tramway that takes you up onto the top of the uh, onto the top of the mountains. If if you're not into hiking, you can ride the tram <laughs> up and get the quick version up to ten thousand feet. But but as soon as you leave all those businesses, you're literally into a wilderness area. No wheeled vehicles, no no roads. It's and and you have miles of uh, dozens of miles of of uh, trails and areas that you can then hike on and, and see all sorts of high lakes and, and different wildlife, be it elk, uh, bighorn sheep. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things, uh, if depending on where you're at here in this wilderness area. You may not see a bunch of bighorns if you go up at Willow Lake, but if you were to go up to Lostine, you're, you're going to run into even bighorn sheep and things of that nature. So it's just a great great way to get out and just see a lot of country, a lot of beautiful country. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to give some people advice on making reservations and, and just how popular your park really is, okay? Yeah, that sounds great. You already know Honda makes some of the most reliable, fuel-efficient cars on the planet. And that's just as true for Honda lawnmowers. The best thing about a Honda mower is it's a Honda 
which means exclusive features like a 4-in-1 twin blade cutting system that results in finer clippings for either bagging or when mulching, actually feeding your lawn for important nutrients. And it also means a highly fuel-efficient engine that's easier on the environment while you're sprucing up your environment. Plus, depending on the model, Honda Residential Mowers come with either a 3- or 5-year limited warranty. Shop Honda at select DMV supply stores in eastern Oregon and southern Idaho. You wear jeans, but you live in Levi's. At DNB Supply, we've got a pair to fit you just right. Iconic and hardworking, Levi's are legendary. Worn by cowboys, rock stars, and everyday people, we carry different washes, styles, and sizes for both men and women. These jeans are ready for anything your day brings, from working outside to a night on the town. The denim legacy lives on every time you put them on. So pick up some Levi's at DNB. Well, JR, now that we're back, as I was listening to you talk, I'm having these visions in my head. So the last time I was there, we came back to the Treasure Valley of Idaho, the back way. We went through Cambridge, Idaho. So we dropped down into the Snake River. And on our way down to the river from Wallawa Lake, from the Oregon mm-hmm. side, there was a scenic overlook where you could look down into Hell's Canyon and then you could look over at the Seven Devils on the Idaho side. That has got to be one of the most magnificent things I've ever looked at in my life. Do you know which spot I'm talking about? I do, actually. I, I stopped at that same overlook. We had some friends visiting from the coast last fall, and, and I ran them right up to that exact same overlook. Cause it's, <laughs> it's pretty awe-inspiring, and, and yeah, I, I know exactly that trip. That's a, a great little trip that I do have to preface a little bit, that that road between Joseph and, and Halfway, Oregon, that goes via the Snake River, is only open seasonally, so sometimes it may be into June and yeah. and before they get that road open because it snows in, and then it'll actually closes up pretty early in, in the winter. So after October, it gets pretty spotty in there. So definitely, uh, it's a beautiful route to take in the summer months, and you can see some great country. There's a, a lot of Forest Service campgrounds down there. Uh, if you like the primitive campground opportunities, there's a whole series of those down there. That that's a whole nother a whole nother trip that's that's, <laughs> that's well right. worth exploring when you have some time. <laughs> that's right. Well, you like you said, you guys are a good jumping off point to all these different things that are out there. Now, I know that uh, there's going to be people listening to the show both in Idaho and Oregon, but as well as around the rest of the country on the podcast version that have never come to your region of Oregon and they've never experienced everything that's there, but I mean, you're painting such a vivid description of it. I imagine that people that hear this are going to want to try and come. So let's talk about camping in the state park for a minute. So what the, I know you've got full hookups. Do you have, do you have everything for tent sites as well as RVs? Yes, we have, uh, over 200 campsites up here at Willow Lake, uh, just in the state park. There's also a few private RV parks up in this area that are more geared towards just the full hookups, I think. But we have uh, dedicated tent sites and dedicated RV sites. So there, we try to keep a split. Some of the loops kind of have half and half, but mm-hmm. we do try to make sure that if you come up here and decide that you're going to want a tent camp, that you still have a good experience, that you're not uh, we try to avoid parking you right next to a big RV, but okay. we do have those tent sites there. Those sites, of course, don't have uh, electricity. Uh, they have a shared water hookup, so there's a water every three or four sites, a uh, water access point. And then they would just use the camp uh, restroom shower buildings. It's a uh, really nice setting. We're, we're very fortunate. We actually just two of our shower buildings uh, are brand new, just were completed uh, last summer was their first summer. So pretty nice accommodations here, even if you decide to, to tent camp. Now, is it fair for me to say 
that people that want to come and visit and stay in the state park probably should not just show up expecting to get a campsite. Yes, it's more than fair. Okay, <laughs> I, I would I would highly recommend uh, if you're planning a trip up here to try to make some reservations. Uh, we are uh, pretty much the end of the road, and so you don't want to come uh, a long ways up to this area to find out that nothing's available. And and our campground is is very popular, as a lot of the private hotels and other campgrounds are. Mm-hmm. And so. We really encourage people in those summer months uh, to try to make reservations and make sure that they have a spot once they get here and because and we don't want to disappoint anybody uh, of, of having them pop in and, and we don't have a place to put them. So, and, and it's pretty easy to make reservations with us. There's a, a couple different options. If you're wanting to do them online, that's a great option. You can go on to OregonStateParks.org and check out all the state parks, but you can bring up ours specifically and there'll be uh, fairly simple links to follow to do online reservations. You could also call if you need to or if you have special facilities that you need. We, we have an info line that you can also see on that website that will get you uh, set up in the right direction. The phone number, if anybody's interested, is 1-800-452-5687. And that can get them information about uh, parks and reservations. So, but the internet's awfully fast. If if you're yeah. capable of doing that, that's the fastest way to do it. There's not the wait times. You can get just get right to it. We also, if you don't have an RV or a tent, we also have two yurts here at Willow Lake that are uh, hard sided, cedar sided uh, yurts that have beds, lights, heaters, uh, power outlets inside. So, so they're a little, a uh, little more high end, uh, here, but also, so if you don't have camp gear, you still have an option. Um, but they're very popular. Like uh-huh. I said, we only have two of them. So you really want to, you really want to get those early. People can make, uh, reservations nine months in advance for any of our sites. And and for the yurts, I think you definitely want to target that nine-month window. So for just a typical weekend, not Memorial Day, not Labor Day, not the 4th of July, just a typical run-of-the-mill July or August weekend, how far in advance do you think you fill up? Oh, several months. Okay. If you were trying to get more than a single night in the summer months, so between mid-June and Labor Day in the first part of September, you need to give several months notice to, to get something. Things can always open up. And that's, again, one of the, the simple things of going online and looking as you can see our availability live. But uh, it can be pretty hard to get uh, three or four days. One of the, the struggles is when a lot of folks, when they come up here, they want to get a group of days. Obviously, if they make the trip to go out to come here, they want to stay for several days it's hard to get the big blocks of time. So um, definitely as much a, a advance notice as you can is going gonna, is gonna to guarantee you the best options. So uh, if you are deciding, hey, it's in two weeks, I have some time and I'd like to, I, I definitely go and encourage you to look online and see if there's stuff open. Mm-hmm. But it, most likely that's going to be that you, you kind of lucked into a cancellation most of the time. Let's talk about hikes in the area. I mean, after all, that's what we're trying to do today is give people some some <laughs> ideas on where to go. But I'm so caught up in talking about your, your great park there. But what are some of your favorite hikes there around Wallawa Lake? Well, there's a couple different options of, of what I like to do. And before we get too far in depth into hikes, I, I, I do want to stress to everybody that a lot of our hikes are for uh, more experienced hikers. There, there's some shorter opportunities if you're just starting out, but the park here is 
over 4,500 feet in elevation, just where our campground is, and you quickly gain elevation uh, as you leave the park and go up the trail. So you have to be prepared for that, uh, for going pretty sharply uphill. And uh, and then a lot of the really great features up here are a ways in. So some of the hikes we may talk about are, are five to six miles to get into. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing at the end of it, but then you got five or six miles back and it's kind of mountainous terrain. So it can take people uh, a while to do it and, and real important that they're prepared. But my kind of short list of, of the most popular ones are one is just starts right actually from the campground here. You don't even have to go up to the main trailhead. You can start in the campground and that's uh, going up to the uh, Chief Joseph uh, mountain and, and that hike goes into the wilderness from the park here. There's a trail access from our marina parking lot or even within the campground themselves itself, you can hike up. You take a switchback, uh, kind of a switchback trail up up out of the out of the campground up into the wilderness area mm-hmm. and go up to, to Chief Joseph Mountain. And, and why I like it so much is there's several points as you go up that trail that look back down on the lake and over the Joseph Valley. It has a very good view back over the valley as you go up. And so it's just uh, a beautiful spot. So if you start out from the campground, it's about probably six and a half, six to six and a half miles up to the peak of Chief Joseph. Uh, so that makes a maybe a 13-mile round trip hike. However, there's several viewpoint overlooks along the route. So it's also a good option of if you're not sure how far you can make it, you can go and still get some really good overlook sets back towards the lake, back over the the valley. But you may say, you know what, I think I've got enough for the day and I'm going to go ahead and head back. So you you don't feel like you're losing out by, by not making it all the way up to the peak. So I think it's a real good option for folks. Then the other two big ones or most popular ones that people do out of here are a hike up to Aneroid Lake. And that is roughly a little uh, five and a half miles in from our trailhead up to Aneroid Lake. Uh, again, it's one of the high lakes that takes you up uh, uh, to pretty high elevation and, and you're actually able to see these mountain lakes that are just these pristine uh, ice melt lakes that some have fish in them. And it's just a very uh, unique setting. No noise, no ambient noise. There's not going to be any machines around. It's Again, it's a wilderness area, so mm-hmm. very peaceful. And then Ice Lake is uh, the other real popular one that people go into. A lot of people turn that into a single night overnight backpacking trip Mm because you can camp up in the wilderness area. Uh, And it's, we do that because it's about eight miles into Ice Lake. And so again, a lot of people like to not rush it. You can definitely do it in a day if you're used to hiking and start early. But a lot of people decide to throw their uh, sleeping bag in and, and take an overnight up once they get to Ice Lake and then come down the next morning. Then the last one I'd say I'd mention, and, and, and it's a, one of my personal favorites from, from having grown up in the area, is heading back into Joseph and turning west right in town and heading out to the Hurricane Creek Trailhead. And it's another access into the Eagle Caps, comes up into the same trail system that the Willow Lake one does, but has a, a really nice waterfall just maybe three quarters of a mile in along that trail and then uh, has a slick rock canyon gets up into some really beautiful mountainous terrain as you head up the trail from hurricane creek and and again that's one that's just there's a lot of features as you go up uh, along that and so you can turn that into as long or as short of a hike as you want Uh, you can turn it into 15 miles if you want or even just going up 
three quarters of a mile up to the waterfall is a, is a great experience. And, and again, one that maybe doesn't have as many people on it uh, mm-hmm. because it's, it's a little more off the beaten track. Well, that is great information. Well, man, I am so jealous. Uh, you, you live in one of the most beautiful areas I've ever been to. And I know I keep saying that, but I say it cause it's true. It is absolutely gorgeous up there. And, and I love the Oregon park service. I think you guys do a great job. Thank you very much for coming on today and sharing all this with us, JR. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, glad I could help. All right, everyone, we will be right back with Darlene Bridges from the Sawtooth National Forest, Minidoka Ranger District. D&B knows you've got a long summer in store with work to do at home by day and rodeos to see at night. Luckily, D&B Supply carries a brand of clothing that can do it all, and that's Wrangler. Wrangler Apparel is known to feel good in the saddle, work hard on the ranch, and give you a stylish western look out on the town. It's versatile clothing that gets it done. For quality clothes steeped in western heritage, round up some Wrangler for the family at your favorite D&B Supply. What's on the grill? That's the ultimate summertime question. And you can make the answer extra special with a wood-fired Traeger grill at DNB Supply. Pure hardwood is the fuel for Traeger's signature flavor. It lets you grill, smoke, baste, roast, braise, or barbecue hot and fast or low and slow with perfect results every time. Versatile, consistent, and convenient. With a Traeger, you just set it and forget it. Master the taste of summer and pick up your Traeger grill at your favorite DMB supply. Darlene, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. You know, you represent a really a wonderful part of the state in, in what you get to do for the Sawtooth National Forest. But I thought what I'd do to start off is just have you maybe introduce yourself to everybody a little bit and kind of tell us what your position is, what you do for the National Forest Service, and we'll go from there. Yes, absolutely. So my name's Darlene Bridges, and I am the Recreation Program Manager for the Minidoka Ranger District. And um, I've been here about two years. We run a crew out of here. We have lots of trails, hiking, and motorized, non-motorized, lots of campgrounds. So lots of great opportunities in southern Idaho and a little bit into northern Utah. So you're in the Minidoka Ranger District. Did I get that right? Yes. So what area does that encompass? So we have the Kaja Division. That is straight south of Twin Falls. We have Sublet, Albion, and Raft River. Um, area. Those Raft River is in northern Utah. Sublet and Albion are very popular for um, people recreating. That is south and southeast of Burley. And we also have Black Pine, which is great. People like to get up there and hike and do a lot of hunting in the area. And then in the area that you get to work in is City of Rocks and Castle Rock. Is that all in that area as well? Some of those areas border national forests, but we don't manage those. I'm just thinking of some of those areas down there I've been to that are so pretty and and so beautiful, and and getting there is gorgeous as well. Yeah, yes, absolutely. They are wonderful. Now, how long have you been in this district? So I've been here um, two years actually to the day. So, I mean, that sounds like a pretty cool job being program manager in, in a beautiful place in Idaho. How does one find themselves doing that? Oh, it's fabulous. I have a degree in environmental studies from Boise State University, and I'm actually, my title is natural resource specialist. So we do a lot, but um, recreation is our main goal here for my shop that I run. And I worked out um, seasonally. I started with the Corps of Engineers. I've worked for the Bureau of Land Management, either within uh, a natural resource setting or recreation. I worked for the military for about four years. 
I grew up in a Forest Service family. I'm third generation Forest Service. So I'm very proud to be here. Um, and it's, it is a wonderful, wonderful job. And we love to welcome people to our forest and show them what we have. What are your favorite things about the districts that you get to work in being there in southern Idaho and, and just right there on the, the border area? Well, we have such a hidden gem down here. There is some very interesting topography from the, the geology aspects. There's lots and lots of trails. If you're interested in riding ATVs, UTVs, single track trails for motorcycles, we have lots of that. We have lots of great hiking trails that you could take a mountain bike on, you could hike, you could take horses on. And we also have some fabulous campgrounds and some really great spots where there's lots of people and you can meet great people or you can get really deep into into our area and not see anybody at all. Mm -hmm. And we have fabulous wildlife. You really do. I, I know uh, down there in the South Hills in that area, I've been down in there, but there's, there's moose and there's everything down there, right? Oh, absolutely. In the Rock Creek area around Diamondfield Jacks, there are some fabulous moose. They like to hang out in the ponds near Porcupine Campground. One of the trails that I'll mention is wonderful for seeing moose. We saw three beautiful ones last year when we were surveying the trail. Absolutely fabulous. I was out there last week and saw about 10 elk near Monument. So some really spectacular sights to be seen. Now, you, you mentioned that it's kind of a hidden gem. Do you consider this area of Idaho, I guess, outside of the, the people who are fortunate enough to live down in, in Twin Falls County and all the areas down around there, outside of them, is it kind of undiscovered? I think there's a lot of places down here that really are. I know a lot of people head north, and it is fabulous up there, and it is gorgeous. And I know that the recreation program managers up there do a wonderful job. And we, we get a lot of locals. We do have some people who are starting to come from the outside area to come here. We have wonderful ski resorts as well. There's two ski resorts that um, we run as a district that are on the forest. It really is a special spot. Um, people are starting to find it as twin grows, but we see a lot of locals down here, and it's really nice. Well, I'll tell you what, Darlene, I have to take a quick commercial break. Let me do that, and when we come back, I want to ask you about some of your favorite hikes down there. Okay, absolutely. Carhartt makes gear to get you through anything, so D&B Supply offers a wide selection to outfit any day, any task, and any weather. Built to stand the test of time and have your back no matter what comes your way, Carhartt clothing keeps you comfortable all day long. And for extra hard jobs, check out Carhartt Force, the line that wicks sweat, fights odors, releases stains, and works as hard as you do. To outlast them all, get decked out in Carhartt at D&B. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at DMB Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians. Turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop by your favorite DMB supply. All right, darling. Well, now that we're back, let's talk about some hikes. So we want to give some people, uh, we want to give our listeners some ideas on hikes they can do this summer and uh, certainly your area offers a lot of wonderful opportunities. Tell us about a couple of your favorites. Well, I think the first one that comes to mind that is a personal favorite that also we get a lot of calls from the public is Ross Falls. 
if you head south on the Rock Creek Road from Hanson, about 10 miles from Forest Boundary heading south is the Ross Falls Trailhead. It is a very easy hike. Um, I have a young daughter. She's done it many times. So it's very easy. It's very short and quick. It's about a quarter of a mile. It is great. When you pull off into the parking area, the trailhead's going to be about 25 feet to the south of the parking area, and you'll go over a beautiful little footbridge. You'll cross in through some aspens and some beautiful tall trees. Very quick, 15-minute hike, even with a toddler, to a beautiful tall waterfall. Go early in the summer. It does dry up the further into the fall that you get, so go early. This time of year is a great time to go. And to give everybody a frame of reference to get to that trailhead safe from Twin Falls... What are people looking at in terms of driving time? You're looking at about an hour. Okay, so about an hour from Twin Falls, and then you're you're down in there for that beautiful hike. Yes, and you will be on paved road. The okay. road is paved to that area. Well, thank you for sharing that one. Now, uh, what's another hike you like, Darlene? Something that maybe is going to challenge people a little bit more in terms of climbing and length of, of distance. Well, definitely for length of distance, and one that's very popular is called the Rimview Trail. It's in this same location. It's about 10 miles, and that's from start to finish. This isn't going to take you into a loop. There's a trailhead that's up on the top of the Deadline Ridge area. So if you take the same Rock Creek Road heading south from Hanson, and you go up over the 500 road to Road 240, there's a trailhead, there's a restroom up there. It's a nice big parking area. And most people tend to start from the top because it's a little more downhill if you start from there. But it's 10 miles and it'll take you all the way down to the Third Fort campground area. And so some people like to park a car at the end. You could start at either side. But uh, definitely a favorite for people on horses. But I know a lot of people who do it hiking and it's just wonderful. It's a little more strenuous. It's definitely longer. uh, But it is beautiful. So am I understanding right that it's 10 miles one way? Yes. Okay, so is it an out and back, or did I hear you correct that you can park a car at the other end so you can do the 10 miles and just kind of shuttle vehicles? Yep, absolutely. I would park a car down near the Third Fork trailhead. Um, There's a campground down there, but there's also a big parking area and a trailhead bulletin board. And there's a a great little um, bridge that crosses the creek there. And it's definitely a spot where you could shuttle vehicles or you could hike it one way and then turn around and hike back the other direction. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And so in terms of equipment, is there is there any specialized equipment people would need for this hike or just an, a good pair of hiking boots? Oh, no, just a good pair of hiking boots. Make sure you've got something that's already broken and you're ready to go. Well, now, are there any other hikes you want to mention? I know I only asked you for two, but if you've got another favorite, we'd love to hear about it. One that's really popular is the Eagle Trail. That is about two and a half miles. It's a round trip loop. Very easy. I would take my toddler on that one as well. That's a non-motorized trail. It's great. You're down in the trees and then you can get up on top of the rocks and you have a beautiful view of Pike Mountain. When we did it last year, we saw some fabulous moose in there, nice big bull moose and two cows. It's a wonderful, wonderful hike. One thing to note right now, normally people park in Pettit Campground and hike out of there. Pettit is currently closed due to some hazard trees that we're going to take down here in the next couple of weeks. So the place to park is at Diamond Field Jack Campground, 
and hike out of there until we get Pettit opened again. But that's a beautiful trail. It's relatively easy in most places. There's some spots that get a little steeper. But again, something I would take small children on and not be be concerned about them getting too terribly tired. Well, again, it's very beautiful down there south of Hanson, south of Twin Falls, and, and all throughout your entire district has got so much to offer. If, if somebody listening would like some more information or wants to get more information on maybe a different hike we didn't talk about, where should they go? Absolutely. So you can call the Minidoka Ranger District uh, at area code 208 Six seven eight zero four three zero, or feel free to stop by our office. We have lots of maps that are free to hand out. They are 100% free to the public. They have motorized trails on the motor vehicle use map, as well as we do have a hiking map called the South Hills Trail Map that is free for people to pick up here. And we're located at 2306 Highland Avenue in Burley. And we're open from 8 to 430. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Darlene, and sharing all this great information, and thanks for doing what you do. Well, thanks for having me. I hope to see everybody out on the trails this summer. Well, folks, when we come back, we'll have on Ed Kennedy, Backcountry Recreation Manager for the Sawtooth National Recreation Area. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark for hardworking and hard-playing people in the West, and everywhere else for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking, made-in-the-USA Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand, and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on, and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements, and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop on by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size. At D&B Supply, we know that what's inside counts. That's why we dish out Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Grower Feed. Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Feed has an exclusive blend of nutrients to support a chick's immune system and overall health, even preventing coccidiosis. Raise healthy chicks with Neutrina's NatureWise Medicated Chick Starter Feed. Available now at your favorite D&B. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. Hey, my you... favorite subject. <laughs> well, it should be. You've got a really, really cool job. And I thought we'd start off that way, and, and I would just ask you uh, what you do. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and, and what life looks like for you every day. Uh, Matt, I am the Backcountry Recreation Manager for the Sawtooth National Recreation Area, and that job is pretty wide-ranging. I uh, am the river manager for the the upper main Salmon River, and that's just the day stretch from Stanley down to the eastern boundary of the Sawtooth NRA. Uh-huh. I have a couple of river rangers who work for me. Uh, it's a really popular day stretch river. I'm the winter recreation manager. It's all considered backcountry. So I manage the snowmobile use, the um, backcountry ski use, to the extent that it's managed. You know, we, we mainly just put out signs and make sure people are aware of of uh, where they can get avalanche information, that sort of thing, and the groomed Nordic skiing in the Sawtooth Valley. Also, I'm the trails planner, uh, so when we uh, recognize a need for a trail realignment or something of that sort, uh, we don't build many new trails uh, anymore because we, we, we have close to 800 miles of what we call system trails already. Mm-hmm. Not a, a lot of need for new trails, but <clears throat> we're often rebuilding, reconstructing existing trails because a lot of them were built by the CCC back in the 30s and 
you know, often they just followed the path of least resistance, which was right at the creek bottom or through a big wet meadow or something. So we're trying to, over time, relocate the trails to where they're more sustainable, put them in better locations so that they're better user experience and also uh, cause less resource damage, less sediment into streams, that sort of thing. I'm responsible for the salmon spawning monitoring in the river. I'll go back to the river briefly. I administer all the outfitter and guide permits, so I'm in charge of all the outfitters and guides on the Sawtooth NRA, from backcountry ski guides to climbing guides to horse outfitters uh, to mountain bike outfitters and the the river rafting and fishing outfitters. Oh, geez, I could go on, but that's uh, a um, synopsis of, of the main things that I do. Now, you get to work in one of the most beautiful areas of our entire country up there in the in the Sawtooth Natural Recreation Area. Where do you get to live? Do you live in the, in the Stanley Basin or over in the Wood River Valley, or where do you get to live? Well, I work out of the headquarters office, which is eight miles north of Ketchum, so I actually live in Haley. Okay. But I spend a lot of time in the Stanley area. Well, it's a beautiful area, and it sounds like you've got a lot to manage because, uh, man, that's where people want to go for recreation. That's got to be the number one destination in Idaho. I, of course, don't know if that's the fact or not, but I do know it's really popular. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're happy we can provide that opportunity. It's a, it is an, an amazing place, not just from a scenic standpoint or a recreational standpoint, but from an ecological standpoint. We have three species of anadromous fish. I mean, in other words, the, um, the fish that are born here go to the ocean and return uh, years later. We have endangered bull trout. Wolves, elk, moose, bear, deer, antelope, bighorn sheep, mountain goats—pretty uh, much every species that was that, that were native here. We pretty much have the full suite of species, except grizzly bears. We do not have grizzly bears. Well, uh, now, do you get to get out in the backcountry much, or are you too busy managing all these people who get to get out in the backcountry? I get out quite a bit. Uh, I get out a lot from my job, but um, I do what's called a busman's holiday a lot where I'm, I'm in the backcountry on my own time at every opportunity. So I'm, I'm an avid backpacker, um, still rock climb a little bit. I'm kind of getting too old for that. Uh, avid backcountry skier. I backcountry ski. I mean, this winter I had over 60 days uh, backcountry skiing. So I'm, I'm out there at every opportunity. Well, we're going into hiking season, and we wanted, to, we wanted to give some people some awesome ideas for hikes this summer. What are some of your favorites up there in the SRNA? Well, now, you need to realize, Matt, that asking me my favorite <laughs> hike is like asking me my favorite song. Okay. I could, I, it's easy to name a couple hundred. Um, <laughs> But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that today. I'll I'll um, mention a few that um, I think provide really good opportunities for uh, a range of abilities. Okay. Um, and I'll start with a couple of the easier ones. Uh, one that I really like is to go to Redfish Lake and take the boat across. Redfish Lake Lodge offers a boat shuttle. You can ride the boat across Redfish Lake, and I believe it's ten dollars round trip. Matt, I, I'm sorry, I can't be um, okay. more certain in, in that, but um, but it's not very expensive considering that it knocks five, a five mile hike off of uh, the trip to the end of the lake, and then just hike up Redfish Lake Creek. It's an easy trail, and about three and a half to four miles up the trail is a place we call Flat Rocks Junction, and it's. Um, uh, you, you gain about 800 vertical feet over that four miles, um, and it's just a beautiful hike in a really rugged, scenic canyon with Redfish Lake Creek flowing. Uh, you're, you're close to the creek quite a lot. 
and and the creek flows over these nice polished glacially polished granite slabs and mm-hmm. just extremely scenic. It's fairly popular. You you will see people, but our trails aren't crowded like some of the more urban trails in the in the Sierras or in the Salt Lake area. So what seems crowded to us is not very crowded to most people. So Redfish Lake Creek is a really good starter hike. And the boat ride across the lake is delightful. Yeah. And Redfish Lake Lodge does a really good job with that. Very safe drivers. I don't get a commission or anything from the lodge, <laughs> of course, but it's just a really good service that they offer. Another really fun hike is to Fourth of July Lake or Washington Lake, if you want to go a little further, in the White Clouds. You have to drive about 10 miles in on the Fourth of July Creek Road. It's a dirt road, but it's a good road. A passenger vehicle can make that drive with no problem. You'll go slow, of course, in, in the upper reaches of the road. But once you get to the trailhead, and the trailhead is pretty high elevation. It's about 8,800 feet in elevation. So someone coming from sea level might want to figure on a day or two of acclimation or just figure on going really slowly on the hike. But it's a good trail. It's about a mile and a half to 4th of July Lake. Beautiful high elevation lake at about 9,350 feet in the white clouds mm-hmm. with views of Patterson Peak and what I call Fourth of July Peak, really pretty little lake. It's a lot of people's first and last hike. In other words, a lot of people take their kids there uh-huh. for their very first hike or their, their grandparents and for, the, for their very last hike because it's, it's something that uh, that age range can handle. So Really nice hike. A lot of wildflowers up there in July and, and August. July is kind of mosquito season yeah. uh, everywhere, but it dries out more in August. It's just a delightful hike. You can see mountain goats on that hike, elk, deer. Uh, I've seen bears up there. If you want to go a little further, another about a mile and a half uh, beyond Fort July Lake is Washington Lake. And you go over a 9,550-foot pass and drop down to Washington Lake. But for the more adventurous, uh, you can add a little bit to that hike and, and see another beautiful high elevation lake, pretty similar elevation to 4th of July, so about 9,300 feet, but a little more seclusion because not as many people go that extra mile and a half. to be three miles round trip, of course, um, further to Washington. But those are two really nice, um, easy hikes, and easy is relative, I understand. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I do this a lot. <laughs> So I consider them easy, but most people do consider them easy. And again, that's that's why so many people go there. Well, let's talk about some of the hikes that you like that are going to be a little bit more challenging for people. Okay. Well, um, Matt, I'll start with the Hell Roaring Lake hike. Okay. And you have two options to get to Hell Roaring Lake. There's a lower trailhead, and it's appropriate for passenger vehicles. And it's just off of the uh, State Highway 75, probably in the, neighbor, in the range of 15 miles south of Stanley. You turn east off of State Highway 75, drive across the Salmon River, hang a left, and there's a trailhead immediately on your right. And Hell Roaring Lake is about a five-mile hike from that trailhead. But you only gain about 600 vertical feet over that uh, over that five miles. Okay. So it's a nice mellow hike with really nice views of of uh, Hell Roaring Creek, um, and it is roaring. It's roaring as it comes off the moraine, the the um, the big pile of dirt that the glaciers pushed up uh, mm-hmm. back in the the last ice age. 
and then once you get up on the moraine, it flattens out, and it's just a nice, flat, easy hike uh, from there on into the lake. And Hill Roaring Lake is a large lake with with just dramatic, a dramatic skyline, the Finger of Fate and, and Decker Peak and other unnamed peaks, uh, I mean, what I call Imogene Peak. Um, so there, there's a really dramatic uh, high alpine scenery from the lake. But you can also, if you don't want to do that long of a hike, and you have a high-clearance vehicle, mm-hmm. so it, uh, you can drive to the upper trailhead. So you either want a high-clearance vehicle or borrow your friend's vehicle okay. to, to drive to that upper trailhead because it is a rugged road. And we don't plan to improve it. Um, for one thing, it would be extremely expensive because it's these large embedded boulders that the glacier left uh, when, it, when it melted away. So it's very slow, uh, high clearance road, uh, but then it's only about three miles to the lake. Flat, easy hike from the upper trailhead. You only get about 250 vertical feet. Okay. So a nice, easy hike. It's really easy for for young kids or um, folks who are a little bit older to do. And just a very beautiful lake, very mosquito-y early season, as so many places are. But a really nice campsites quite a few campsites. And the nice thing about Hell Roaring and uh, Redfish, for that matter, is if you want to keep going, you can. The trails keep going from there and branch out and, and can take you deep into the sausage wilderness. Another more challenging hike, it, it's a day hike. Um, I, I mean, I've slept out on top of the, of the peak before, but most people just do it as a day hike. It's the Horton Peak Hike. Okay. It's about three and a, three and a half miles. But you gain almost 3,000 vertical feet. It goes up to an old fire lookout on top of a 10,000-foot peak. But the views are amazing. There's an astounding view of the entire Sawtooth Range, great view of the Boulder Mountain Range to the south, the, the White Cloud Mountains to the east and north. There's a reason that it was, a, it was chosen as a fire lookout. Uh, and the old lookout structure is still there. It's in a little bit of disrepair, but we're hoping to get some work done on it soon. Okay. But it's a challenging hike. You you do that when your guns are loaded, <laughs> um, when when you've been hiking some and, and are ready for just a pretty relentless climb. Now, how do you find that trailhead? That trailhead is a little more obscure. It's on what we call Valley Road, not Valley Creek Road. It can be confusing. Valley Creek Road is northwest of Stanley on Highway 21, but Valley Road turns off of um, State Highway 75 just south of Smiley Creek Lodge at the base of Galena Summit, and you actually turn onto the Pole Creek Road if you're coming from the south and drive in about four miles, I believe it is, and the Valley Road turns to the north. It's actually a really nice drive if you want the road less traveled to if, if you're heading to Stanley. Turn on the Valley Road and it parallels State Highway 75, but but it's a dirt road. It's a good a good road. Passenger vehicles can do it. Uh-huh. And just drive north on Valley Road until you see the sign for the Horton Peak Trailhead, and then it you drive in just a little ways and and there's a parking spot. If you're in a passenger vehicle, you might not be able to drive all the way to the to the uh, actual trailhead, but you can park anywhere along there, and it's not very far in. Lots of aspens on that trail, and again, you just dramatic views of Alturas Lake, Pettit Lake, Perkins, and then, the, the like I said, the entire Sawtooth Range is just laid out before you. That sounds great. Boy, I really got to get hiking so I can get ready for that one. Yeah, come up and do it. It's, it's really a nice hike. I have hiked up with just a sleeping bag and a pad and uh-huh. slept out on a full moon up there. It's remarkable watching the full moon rise over the white clouds and set over the sawtooth. Um, 
just a, a really special experience from a quiet perspective mm-hmm. and from a, a scenic perspective. It, it's really a remarkable uh, experience. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. You're absolutely right. Okay, now you're giving me visions. I'm going to have to get in shape. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. All right. Do you have any more you'd like to mention before we before we break away? There again, again there are so many. But um, uh, another really fun hike to some amazing views is the Boundary Creek Trail, which is across from the uh, Sawtooth Fish Hatchery, about four miles south of Stanley. Boundary Creek is another one of those hikes that you want to do when you've been doing some hiking and you're in, in a little bit of shape. It's about three and a half miles to the high point. And then you gain about 3,000 feet. It's similar to the Horton Peak hike, not quite as relentless. But from, uh, I always say that the, the view from the top of Boundary Creek is the closest thing you can get to an aerial view of the sawtooth outside of an airplane. Wow. Just, you, just, you go pretty much straight up on a good trail, a good, well-maintained trail. Um, and you, then you're looking right up Redfish Lake, Little Redfish, just that whole north end of the Sawtooth Range. It's really a dramatic place. And I'm a photographer also, so I love to go up there and sleep out so I can shoot the sunrise, the sunset and the sunrise. Um, it's just a really remarkable place to roll out your sleeping bag and you know maybe take a tent if it looks like the weather's going to go south on you. But uh, that is a delightful hike that will challenge you aerobically, but it'll reward you scenically. Awesome. Well, Ed, this is awesome. Definitely have visions of what I want to do this summer. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Great. Well, when you come up, give me a call, and and, uh, I have lots of more suggestions. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the D&B Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.